I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 449 of the Chuck and Brad Podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, Brad? I'm all right. How about yourself? Uh, I'm feeling a little bit sheepish and embarrassed and uh, humiliated. We've all been there. Last week we talked about how right before we started recording, when Ray was here, our, um, I spilled the hot tea all over our Zoom H6 recorder. Yes. And I don't know why I just assumed it was totally fine, but I did. I mean, you know, we did all the right things. Right. I turned it over so that it was, you know, the tea wasn't going into it. I put it in rice for over 24 hours. I used uh, an air cannon, like dust, you know, cleaning yeah, thing yeah, for computers. Dusters, yep. I used a toothpick and a toothbrush to, to clean out all the, the rice afterwards. Ooh, did and you put, did you put toothpaste on the toothbrush? Because <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I was wondering why it didn't smell minty. Right. And, uh, you know, I was, I was, it wasn't sticky at all. It didn't seem to stay. It seemed like it came off right away. I was like, all right, sweet. This is gonna be fine. And we just tested it, and like it's definitely really super broken. No, it is not working. So yeah, that stinks. But I mean, we have you know we have our option of the Zoom H6 or the Rodecaster Pro, which will use you know one or the other at different points in time. So we chose the Zoom H6 tonight to test it, but we obviously have the excellent and wonderful Rodecaster Pro that we're very um, thankful for, and that's how we're recording the podcast right now. Yes. So today, uh, this is, as I, as I, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, this is the 11th annual Chammies and Brammies. You are correct. That's what I thought. You are not wrong. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this is the 11th year we're doing the Chammies and Brammies, which is uh, our favorites of the year for, you know, TV, movies, games, books, podcasts, restaurants, music, stuff like that. Yes. Uh, we close every year with this. This is going to be our Chammies and Brammies 2019. Yes, it, uh, you know, our, our first, our very first episode of the podcast, episode number one, was Brammies and Chammies 2008. And, uh, you know, it was one where Chuck and I sat down to record it and said, all right, our goal is to make it 45 minutes long. And it was three and a half hours. Yeah, that was the first episode of the podcast yes. that we ever did. So it was kind of like an anniversary of sorts, our 11 year anniversary. Yeah. Um, you know what I realized too? What's that? That we're going to hit our 500th episode like next Christmas. Right. Like almost exactly. Yeah. Right. It's going to be very close. Yep. What, what episode is this? 449. 449. So, yeah. So it should be one year from last week. Right. Which is the week. Yeah. After Christmas, I guess. Wow. So, um, yeah, but we got a lot to cover. This is part one. Uh, we always do a two parter uh, for the Chammies and Brammies. Part one covers television, games, movies and restaurants. Uh, part two will cover music podcasts and books um and uh, yeah before we get into that let's do some quick chuck and brad updates what do you got going on brad uh well first of all you can check me out on social media at brad roar b-r-a-d-r-o-h-r-e-r i don't post post much and when i do it's pretty dumb so mm. maybe don't follow me yeah I mean, you know how hard is it to follow somebody and that's then, true and then not pay attention to them for right days. mute um but uh, every Friday night, I'm at the Providence Improv Guild with my new group, Baby Bird Mouth. We perform an improv form called the Spokane, and uh, we did it last week, our first one, and it went surprisingly well. Even for a small crowd, it went, uh, it went, it went really well. 
And I'm excited to see what we do in the future. So that's Friday nights, 8 p.m., 393 Broad Street in beautiful Providence, Rhode Island. Tickets are just $5, and you can get more information at improvpig.com. What do you got going on, Chuck? Well, um, you know, no senior discount shows for my band right now. Uh, We just did our big Christmas comedy show, so we don't have another comedy show coming up for a little bit. Um, And uh, But we do have something coming up at the end of the month, Brad and I, together. We will be hosting... Uh, the RF Food Fight's eighth annual spectacular cookie smackdown. Yeah. Which is a great contest in Rhode Island um, that takes place in Providence of the best bakers in the state kind of competing for best cookie. Um, it's an event that we've hosted or judged for many years in a row now. Uh, we love doing it, right? I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to it. Oh, Remember yeah. the midnight snack cookie last year? Yes, I do. It was a chocolate chip cookie with M&Ms and potato chips inside. It was so good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's going to be Sunday, January 26th in Providence. Um, Rhode Island Food Fight Spectacular Cookie Smackdown. Go to rifoodfights.com to, uh, you know, read about it, buy some ticks, and come on out. It's, it's it's very worth it. It's a lot of fun. The value is great, and it's always just a, kind of like a fun, spirited afternoon. Yeah. You know? Um, and also, you know, I, I decided every week I would uh, talk about the articles that I came out with this week. Yes. And, uh, Gina, what articles did I come out with this week? <laughs> My girlfriend is is he in the room? For yeah. The Bay, you reviewed the barn in Tiverton. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, for the Bay Magazine, um, I reviewed the barn in Tiverton, Rhode Island, which was a great breakfast place. Um, oh yeah. Well, I already talked about that, right? Yeah. Or maybe I didn't. Mm, I thought you mentioned it last week. Maybe, maybe I didn't. Not. I don't know. I had a great article about uh, the band Monty R.I. doing a reunion show in Providence Monthly. Um, so if you want to check those out, go to the, you know, it's, I think it's the baymagazine.com and uh, providenceonline.com. And I feel like there's one more thing, but who cares? Um, not who cares, but just, who knows? I, I feel bad. I saw some, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw some drama about one of my articles. They didn't tag me. No one talked to me about it, but there was some drama. Uh Oh yeah. I did uh, an article about tiny bar. Providence, you know where that is? Not really. It's connected to Olga's uh, cup and saucer. Okay. And Olga's has tragically closed. Yes. Um, and uh, I wrote this article, and it's a short article just about the fact that they opened. And I'm like, oh, they're going to feature you know local artwork from from local artists on the on the uh, as murals on the wall. And the, the section I write for, I don't know if they're going to use a photo. I never see a photo. Right. You know, I never see anything beforehand. There's three food articles in the section, and they pick one of them and they put a photo in. And I guess they put up a photo of this mural on the side of the building, and the people that know the artists. The artists were like super pissed off. They're like, this article didn't mention the artist that made this mural. This oh. is fucked up. And I'm like, you dumb assholes. Um, I'm like, I'm like, these articles, first of all, I, from what I remember, the mural rotates monthly. Okay. And I wrote this two months ago. Right. So like, how would I even know what right. it is? Um, but uh, I, I agree that I, I wish the artist was listed. Yeah, of course. But instead of kind of, they also, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but they seem to have a beef with someone specific ah, okay. that's involved with some part of it. I don't really understand any of it. Yeah. But um, instead of just, th- then someone did contact me on Facebook and they were like, hey, do you think you could get Providence Monthly to list the artist? I was like, sure. So that's the right way to do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was like, damn. Um, and it's funny because before I even had a chance to reach out to them, they changed it and put the artist artist in. Okay. But it's it's hard when you're when you're people never think about the work that goes into the back end of anything. So it's like yeah. do you, they don't think like obviously the photographer is a different person than the person who's writing the article. You can look at the page and see there's only one picture for three articles. What? I photograph my own articles. 
You do sometimes, but it's not common. Gina, my girlfriend, just spoke up and said she photographs her own articles because she's a writer and photographer as well, but that's not always the case. And you can see on that page, there's three articles written by different people and one picture. So you can put, and if the picture is by someone whose name is different than everyone that wrote those articles, you can, you should be able to tell that A, these people are not the same people yeah. and they probably did this separately. And B, like magazines are about layout and content and stretching this and shortening this and editing this to make these things. I think the idea of being like, hey, let's contact the magazine and ask if they can list it makes more sense than being like annoyed and pissed off. Yeah, Me first. I, I, I think uh, people's yeah. reaction uh, in, in the world we live in now is to get mad about it online and just just vent. Yeah. And then someone else often exactly will come along and say, all yeah. right, the rational like let's 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 take action and let's even ask what happened yeah because there and my answer would be like oh i wrote this two months ago yeah because that's when my deadline was it's a monthly rotating thing i didn't know if they'd have a picture i didn't know what the picture would be of right you know it's a million things that just explain it as a simple thing where no one did anything wrong and we're happy to make the change right so it's fine i understand they're pissed off for their friend i get it i want i want artists to be credited as well and i i think that it's good that we changed it to credit them yeah of course but it's hard sometimes um it's also hard. I think people don't know how difficult it is to get in touch with people. That's the other thing. If someone's right. like, well, why didn't you put this? And why didn't you say this? And how come you didn't ask this? It's like, dude, some of the articles I write, like I've written the restaurant six times and they just refuse to answer me or they answered me once and so they get back to me in a week and they never wrote me back. And I have to kind of do research online, figure it out myself, fill in the blanks. Like it's not easy. Like the, yeah. the journalism aspect is not easy. Yeah, you were doing that one about Wahlburgers, and they wouldn't get back to you. So you made me change my name to Mark Wahlberg so right. you could ask me a question. Just so I could put a and fake use quote. A quote. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a real quote by and Mark it, Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, by A. Mark Wahlberg. Yes. Um, <laughs> you were very careful. You put like, I talked to a Mark Wahlberg outside the restaurant and he said this. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Chuck, was this a typo? Nope. <laughs> That's funny. Um. But yeah, so hopefully, you know, we'll have some uh, some events coming up, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Um, but let's, you know, I mean, without further ado, let's get into the Brammies and Chammies. You know, we did have enough ado that time, so. I say Brammies and Chammies. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause it, but it's a Chuck and Brad podcast. Why yeah. do I why do I automatically do Brammies Chammies? Um, I think because. Is, like, there like a, is there like a literary thing that I'm doing? Well, I, I think it was a, a, a joke, like, because basically I wrote the Brammies for my blog forever yeah. ago. And uh, you were like, "Oh, I should come up with my favorite things too." I'm like, "Yeah, the chammies, which oh, so ma- maybe you think which just makes less sense than the Brammies." <laughs> no, it of. doesn't. In what way? Well, uh, the Brammies uh, is is, I, I guess, one letter closer to the Grammys. You mean just because the the, the R, the, the R? Oh, the R. What yeah. about the A? A too? Yeah, B R A Mies, and then C. Uh, yeah, so I guess. You get yeah. two letters that are more yeah, similar to your, Grammy. Yeah, yours would be the Chummies. <laughs> no, I don't want that. No, that's what I'm saying. I'll do the Chun Li's, and it's my favorite Street Fighter characters for Ooh. the past 20 years. <laughs> Chun Li across the board. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but let's get into it, buddy. And like all, every year, we have little differences in our lists in terms of like the actual categories. <laughs> yes. Um, and we never fix them. No. Why don't we ever fix them? Uh, because this year, can we pledge to fix them? No, I think it's. I think it's better this way. You still have poopiest turd in your movie category? Yes, I sure do. <laughs> I thought we get rid of that. Winner and a runner-up this All right. year. All right. Um, but let's talk about uh, TV shows, which is uh, includes streaming shows as well. It's not just... Well, here's... I, want, I wanted to okay. introduce this. So we're talking about our favorite TV shows of the year. I have to bring this up because it... I really realized, looking back, my view it, viewing habits from the year 
were way different than I expected. And I wrote to you and Lou today a little bit yes. about it um, in an email. Um, and we're kind of dealing with a new era of video projects. And okay. I think the wall, the lines between movie, television, shorts, series, they've all kind of been blurred. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, and here's my example of stuff that kind of blurred it that where I think this stuff doesn't apply to the TV category, but almost does lonely Island, the bash brothers special. It's a half an hour, right? Yep. That's like a, a music special and an album. That's yep. lo- the album's longer. What would I count? I wouldn't count that as a TV show. Nope. I wouldn't count that as a movie, Right. but it's in here. Yep. Um, I think you should leave. What are they? 15 minutes long each. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really fit into our categories. Don't fuck with cats. It's three like hour plus long episodes, kind of a TV show. Tell me who I am. Very short documentary, self-contained, um, less than a movie though. I'd say, right. It's almost like a, a mini series with one episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, we set the rules, so kind of whatever you want to count these things as. I know. Beakram. I watched that. Did you hear about that? I don't know anything about that. Bikram, wow, you is, should be cultured. Is it, uh, is it a Latin version of the the Muppet that goes meet meet? No, it's a uh, it's a yogi who's like the most famous yogi ever. Okay, and he became like he made this like someone say Yogi Berra. Yes, oh well, and uh, he made this like I don't know how to say it. Almost like a chain of schools. His Bikram, okay. but he personally oversaw the schools. He personally taught all the teachers. Is that like hot yoga? Yeah, hot yoga. Okay. And he There's like a studio in in Bristol, Rhode Island, the town next next to us. Yes. Yes, uh, he kind of, you know, push people past their limits and help people out. People love him as this great yoga master, but he also sexually assaulted tons of the women there. Ah, yes. And it's just about his story right. where like they, he gets sued, he flees the country. And so all the women were kind of forced to either a go through with the lawsuit, relive the details and whatever money it cost them in court. And then probably not get anything no matter what because he left the country. Right. Or drop their Yasu. Wow. Hold on. Gina's talking off mic. What's up, Gina? Sorry. Well, they have to, basically when they go through this program, they have to, he personally yes. has to like um, approve their school and them being an owner of them, a them being like a, Them being like a new yoga teacher. Okay. It's like through his certification. So it for nothing and it's like super right. expensive and grueling. Yes. So that's, so that's another part. Before even got to that part where it's like, do we want to press charges? If they did, they'd be blacklisted from the school. All the work they put in, all the money they went for nothing. So some of them were like, should I just deal with the fact that this happened and try to stay away from him? Right. So a lot of stuff. Um, but it was like a short documentary, pretty self-contained. I'll say nobody sexually assaulted me when I did Bikram yoga at the the place in Bristol. Did it say so, Bikram? Um, it's at, it might be Rhode Island Hot Yoga. Or All right. Bristol well, Bikram Hot is a yoga. guy. Yeah, B I K R A M. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's to me. That's like the generic style of hot yoga. Is that not? Correct? It's his last name. Hmm. It's the guy's last name. Like it's referred to, hot yoga is referred to as Bikram yoga. Is wow, that, then that's that what not, it is. Okay. I don't. I mean, that's his. That's his. That is his name. Okay. And he said he invented a twenty-six pose. Specific style of yoga okay. as a specific chain. I don't know. It's like saying you ate a McDonald's hamburger. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Not from I don't know. Gina, you can't talk off mic. They can't hear you. Okay, it's, it's, she's been around for how many years and she doesn't understand? <laughs> no, not if you're facing away and, and painting your nails. This is terrible podcasting because you're trying to talk right now. <laughs> they can't hear what you're saying. They don't know that you just said, I think people like this kind of thing. That's the whole point. They can't hear you. Oh, my God. 
Um, I don't know. Bikram is definitely his last name, yeah. and he definitely learned about yoga a long time ago, and he popularized hot yoga. Okay. So I don't know if maybe it was like used to become the name of a style of yoga, right? Which is, I think, maybe what happened. I'll say I had like I had a new water bottle when I mm-hmm. went to hot yoga, and yeah. it had a straw in it, yeah, and it was like the squeakiest straw known to man. Oh yeah. So we're like, you know, taking our little break, and I go to take a drink, and it's like, oh yeah. That's funny. I like that. I think that I think oh. that some things uh, just automatically automatically go in the background. Yeah, straw straw squeak is one of them. Oh, it was a loud straw squeak. Um, abducted with in plain sight. That documentary yep. conversations with a killer was a series on Netflix. Uh, Devil next door was a really short series on Netflix. Some of these things are two two episodes long. Right. The fire festival documentary. Neil Brennan's half hour. Nick Swartzen's half hour. FX released Battle at Big Rock, which is a n- ten minute in continuity chapter of Jurassic World that takes place before the new Jurassic World. Right. How do I count these things? I don't know. So, um, I'm just going to kind of go by my own rules because the lines are really blurred this yeah. year, which I think is fair. Of course. By the way, you want a little bit of a background on the new Jurassic World Battle of Big Rock short? Yeah. So, if you didn't hear about it, basically, uh, Colin Trevorrow, director of the original Jurassic World, uh, he made a new short film, 10 minutes long, called Battle of Big Rock that's like, Extremely well done as like, you know, like theater level quality, like CGI and storytelling. And it was just released on FX. All right. Ready for this? Yes. Uh, Battle at Big Rock, the new Jurassic World short. The short film was initially scheduled to accompany the theatrical release of Universal's Hobbs and Shaw. It was supposed to play as a short beforehand, like the Pixar short. Interesting. On September 10th, 2019, it was announced that the film would instead premiere on FX on September 15th. Trevorrow was surprised at the amount of secrecy maintained in the project up until the announcement. Mattel had released toys for the film prior to its release, and a fan site also learned of the film, but its existence otherwise remained largely unknown um, after the television premiere it was released online through YouTube. So yeah, it's basically Jurassic World 1 came out, Jurassic World 2 came out. Now this is in continuity, and it's kind of a part of what's going to be in Jurassic World 3, uh, Battle at Big Rock, if you want to find it on YouTube. It's just a free short film that's part of the series now. Nice. Um that's what I got to say. So let's move forward. Let's do our, our favorite TV shows. All right. Typically, we have a category called favorite half hour show. Yep. Um, you know, kind of your classic sitcoms. Um, sometimes it's reality shows, whatever works in there. Mine was a classic sitcom. Uh, Schitt's Creek was my mm. favorite half hour show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Runner ups included What We Do in the Shadows. And again, with the blurry lines, where does the Mandalorian fall? Because those episodes were about 40 minutes. Um, in terms, well, I'll so, say this. Yeah. I'd say that that's basically an hour long show because yeah. that's how long hour shows usually are. Yeah. But you could stretch it to be either. Yeah. Um, so those were, uh, were my favorite half hour shows for 2019. My favorite half hour show, Rick and Morty season four. Yeah. I thought, I think it's been excellent so far. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm most excited for. Nice. All right. Favorite hour long show. What do you got? Uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance from really? Netflix. Yeah. You liked it? I really got into it. And, uh, you know, Chuck and I have talked a lot about uh, collecting collectibles and things like that. Our, we did our, our turtle hunt episode where I talked about like, oh, I don't have much affection for collecting. To me, it's it's you know, it's not a huge part of my life. But right. then we went out and I saw some pop vinyls from Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. And I'm like, yeah, I would I would get these. I, I liked the show enough that I would want to show off that I like the show this much. So I hear you. Uh, runner ups included Patriot season two, mm. uh, including one of the best shots I've ever seen. 
a super long tracking shot set to a folk song. Mm -hmm. Uh, So well done. And then, of course, Stranger Things season three. Yeah, my favorite hour long show of the year was Stranger Things season three. Um, I think it was magnificent. I thought it was it represented a time period and and some specificities about a time period that I've never really seen represented on any sort of film. Um, The fireworks, the carnival, the mall, all that stuff. Um, I just thought Stranger Things season three was amazing, especially experienced it right around the 4th of July and kind of having it this summer. Me and Gina, I think we watched it over the course of three days and um, I just thought it was excellent. I was so excited for it all the way through. That was great. Runner up for me was Mandalorian. I really like Mandalorian. I think it's great. I haven't finished it yet, but I love the project. I I think it's really fun. I think it's uh, really well done. And I think, um, I just think it's a cool way to, to deal with, let's do more Star Wars stuff. Yeah. That's very alternative. And I think it's uh, really spirited and cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, favorite actress is our next category. I didn't really have a favorite actress. I feel bad because my favorite actor is David Harbour okay. from Stranger Things. Right. And I feel like this year, after watching so much Stranger Things and seeing a lot of interviews with him, I was like, oh, wait. I'm like, I really am rooting for this guy to the point where, like, when I saw the Captain, the... uh the Black, Black Widow, Widow trailer, yeah. I was like psyched as shit to see him yeah. suit up and be in the movie. Right. Um, and I didn't really have an actress I felt that way about. Yeah. And the only person I thought was great that was kind of new to me was the girl in the Chips Ahoy costume, the manager yeah. in Stranger Things season three. But I'm like, I'm not going to put her on barely. I don't even know her name. Right. I just thought she was a good character. Yeah, she was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, that's right. Yes. She was. She was one of the possible killers um i had a uh, a back-to-back winner uh kristen bell from the good place was my favorite actress of the year again just killing it on that show which will come up later in my uh brammies for tv uh favorite actor for me dan levy uh from the show schitt's creek uh he plays david uh and uh i don't know it just it's weird because there aren't things on there that necessarily make me laugh out loud, yeah. but I get a generally comedic feeling from the whole show. Yeah, I know. You said that. And uh, I really, really appreciate it, and I've really grown to appreciate that show yeah. uh, and his work in particular. Yes. Um, for me? You said David Harbour was your favorite actor? David Harbour, yeah. yeah. So let's move on to did favorite... You, did you go see Hellboy? Because he was Hellboy, right? I never even understood what Hellboy is, to yeah. be completely honest. I'm sorry. I don't know Hellboy. It's all right. He's got a big hand. I know. Yeah, I heard. Uh, favorite reality show. For me, it was the combo of Toys That Made Us and Movies That Made Us right. on Netflix. It's a you know it's a series. It started out as Toys That Made Us. This year, they released a half season, uh, including an episode about re- the history of wrestling action figures and a history about the industrial action figures. And they also made Movies That Made Us, a, a kind of like a spinoff series, and they released a half season. Uh, about about Die Hard, about the behind the scenes of Home Alone, Ghostbusters, and Dirty Dancing. Yeah. And so, favorite reality show, I'd say kind of, you know, Toys That Made Us slash Movies That Made Us. Yeah. I love them. I think they're incredibly well done. Have you watched any of those? I watched the Home Alone one. Okay. What'd yeah. you think? I, lo- I Oh, awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's weird because they're, they're documentaries done with kind of like a, a bounce. Right. Like a general, it's hard to explain, but like a rounded pop, happy kind of uh, slant to presenting yeah. the facts. Really, really good. So for you, I didn't really watch a reality show. Yeah. Um, so I put N.A. Uh, same with favorite trashy reality show. Would you put would you put like a documentary series as your reality show? I, I, all right. Well, we're going to get ahead. Uh, but in the movies, it's possible that movies we made us home alone shows up. <laughs> uh, well, I also watch documentaries. That's what the thing. So, yeah, I didn't. Did you watch Don't Fuck With Cats? No. See, like that's one of the things that I don't want to be disturbed by it. 
Well, we'll talk about it. Favorite trash reality show? You don't have one? I don't have one. I had one that Gina forced me to watch. Uh, it's called Jailbirds on Netflix. I've never heard of it. I think we talked about oh, it. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. That, I read, I've heard of it once. <laughs> um, I've never heard of it. What about we talked about it? Besides that. Um, and it's weird because I don't know how trashy it is because it's a real prison. Right. So the stuff that I think is trashy, it might be just the lives of these prisoners that's right. accurate. Like when we, when we do trashy reality show, it used to mean uh, Rock of Love. So, you know, Brett Michaels. Tool Academy. Yeah, Tool yeah. Academy. Like these shows where people are in houses, they're acting like idiots. Jailbirds is really well done. It's a great documentary, well shot, well presented. But the stuff that happens is gross. Like they send stuff back and forth through the toilet. So that's how they talk to each other. And it's gross. The people are gross. Yeah. But it's maybe it's because that's their lives are gross. Yeah. It's not like it's not a reality show in the trashy reality show in the same way of two girls are are in high heels and fighting and right. their fake boobs are out. Yeah. That's not the trashy reality. It's these people have to communicate through toilets. Yeah. That's the trash part of it. I'll I'll I'll, I'll just say this. I you know I have my spreadsheet with the past couple of years. So let's see here. That's 2019 to 18, 17, 16, 15, 14. I haven't had a favorite trashy reality show. Since I started these forms. So since 2014, I have not oh, had yeah. a favorite trashy reality Yeah, if show. everyone wants to stand up and do a bow for Brad, we'll just give you, you a second. Thank you. Thank you. I'm great. Um, I mean, you know. <laughs> what? I am. Um, all right. Favorite sports moment. Uh, I said our Royal Rumble party. Not because of anything specific that happened. I just liked getting together with everyone. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I put the rise of Ricochet. Because oh, okay. I feel like the wrestler Ricochet, who is uh, in WF slash WWE. Um, There's no slash anymore. It's just WWE. I think the lawsuit's still pending. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> I, uh, I feel like Ricochet, who has been around for a long time in like independence and wrestling for NXT, a smaller company. I really feel like this year they put a big spotlight on him and gave him a lot to do. And they gave him the opportunity to do a lot of great things. What? I know, I know, but I feel like I don't know if that counted. I thought about that. We For Christmas last year, Gina got us tickets to WrestleMania. And so Gina and I went to WrestleMania in New Jersey this year. Um, and that was a great time. Yeah, and yeah, that'll show up uh, under favorite personal event. I was going to say, because like we do, we do you live. You really watch it on TV. Yeah, Gina, we do a live events part of this later in the... Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, watch, you didn't watch it on TV, so it's, it's, it's not a we TV do a live. Moment. We do a live events thing. Far away, Brad. <laughs> we, you know what? Right. We did watch it on the screen. All right, good point. Um, I mean, yeah, the wrestling going to WrestleMania was amazing, and the uh, yeah, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, Ricochet, I think, was my favorite overall. You know, uh, least favorite moment of the year. Uh, we we I taught you the phrase last week when we recorded with Ray. It was the double doink when the Bears <laughs> missed their field goal in the playoffs against the Eagles oh, and were boy. subsequently eliminated. Oh boy, double doink! Ugh. That's one of my favorite moments of the year is when you taught me about the double doink. Well, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> my least favorite moment was probably the turn of the Patriots because yeah. I started watching football this year, started right. following the Patriots, and I believe they had like literally like a six or seven game run where the first half of every game was a shutout and they beat every team often by a lot. Yes. For the first, you know, I think they beat every team for the first eight games of the season. Something like that. They did really well to start the year. Yeah. And then they had like, you know, and two of those wins uh, were like, one of them was like real close. Like they were like losing. They came back. One of them, they were kind of sloppy. 
Then they started kind of losing, and then they just did terrible right. for a couple games in a row, and it ended you know their their season. Yes. Um, and I was watching it, and it was so weird because like I watched the first you know many games, and I was continue I was staying on top of it and continuing. People were talking to me about it. I was like, yeah, it's really repetitive, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I was paying attention to the things and it's like, oh, they're stumbling a little bit. And then it just seemed like they were done, like immediately. It seemed like two, it basically seemed to me like two months of nonstop wins and then three weeks where they're like, oh, they're they're not playing a career, the season anymore. It was so strange to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I how it. quickly it went from everything is great right. to they're done this year. Yeah. And I guess the, the you know, usually... You're, you know, if, if you're going to go really far, you're, you're, the season would go till the beginning of February if they made it to the Super Bowl, right. not necessarily one. But now it's like, you know, it, like right after Christmas, they were like, they yeah, were done. They, they got one more game than the Bears. Yeah. And they, you know, they won four more games. Which is weird to me. Yeah. Isn't that strange? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's I, I get to it. get in the tournament and then they get in the tournament and they lost in the first round and that was it. Yeah. So that was probably, it was a bum out because it felt like I was trying to get into it and when it was time to be like, oh, you gotta, you gotta root for the team and see how they go. It was just done immediately. Yeah, really strange. Well, it, the yeah. Dolphins game was strange. Yes, it was. Yeah, if they had won that, they would have gotten a bye. I know and they would, they would play this coming weekend. I know, but you know, uh, but so that was really strange for me. Yeah, it must have been a weird year for every Patriots fan, right? I think so. I, I think yeah. a lot of them believed, like, hey, you know, we've we've had adversity before. We'll tough it out, and then it, they didn't. I know. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was, a, it was almost like they believed that and then the other teams were just way better than they expected. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a bum out. All right. Most disappointing thing of the year. TV. Uh, the fan reaction to an admittedly kind of disappointing Game of Thrones finale. Oh, yeah. But the fact that every, like so many people were up in arms in such non-constructive ways. Yeah. Really bums me out. Uh, it's hard for the appreciation of you know this the massive piece of media. It's it's hard because I don't like a lot of the this sucks stuff as yeah. you know, but it's I feel like the burden gets people get more and more invested, and it's hard because like with with wrestling. Remember when you were like we watched uh I think we watched Goldberg and Lesnar yeah and, and I was Go- Goldberg beat Lesnar and yeah. you're like I'm done with WWE blah blah yeah. and I always felt like I could kind of rely on the fact that they're telling a story right. that we don't know is done yet. We don't know what they're going to do in the future. We don't know what their plans are for these people and always continue. And when you invest so much time and so much care into a TV show that that's that big and the finale happens and you know that it's bad, it's, it's the Goldberg-Lesnar yeah. match. Right. It's so different because you know there's no hope right. to turn it around. Well, I'll also say then, you know, I didn't write a petition to the to the WWF slash WWE and say, please change the outcome of the Goldberg Lesnar match. Well, here's the thing. Maybe maybe because there is no more hope, it makes more sense to do that. No. <laughs> I, I think it makes I, I think so the tell actions me, t- clarify the this for who me. Created the petition and signed it. I think that was Tell tell me this. A certain amount of Game of Thrones seasons were based on books and then some were not. Yeah. What is it? Four? Uh, I think the first five seasons were based on the first five books. Right. And then season six was written for the show? Yes. And, and, then, and, and then seven and eight were written for the show. Oh, and, there's and, eight seasons of Game yes. of Thrones. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So what about, are they going to come out as books? Uh, eventually, that's that's the working theory is that George R. R. Martin, at some point, will finish the series, finish writing the series. Did he did he write the seasons? Uh, no. Really? He was a cons, uh, consulting producer. Right, 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 right. right. 
Uh, he, How strange it really is, and and like, it's so the, like so the books got very popular. Yes, the TV well, show started doing the TV the, show. The books were kind of popular. The TV show got very popular. Then, then the, the books, books got, got more popular. popular. Then the TV show caught up with the books being published and passed them. And and the author didn't finish more books in time to hasn't, wait. Hasn't even hinted. Uh, he has okay. written books that are set a thousand years before Game yeah, of Thrones, yeah, yeah, yeah. and has written books in different series and has yeah, edited yeah, yeah. books. Uh, but Oof. not not what people want. It's sad. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Well, yeah, it's it's going to be hard to be so invested in something, be so disappointed in the ending. I've never had that happen. Yeah, all the endings that I've seen, even ones that people hated, like the Seinfeld ending, people hated that at first. Yeah, I thought the Seinfeld ending was cool. You know, again, 2014, people didn't like the How I Met Your Mother finale, and my least favorite moment of the year was people's reaction yeah. to the finale. I so. hear that. My my thing was again that I miss so much television. I'd like oh, to see. Yeah. You know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, surprise of the year. And I have a couple things to say. You want to go first? Or you want me yeah, to go first? I, I'll go first because I only have one thing to say. Yeah. I am surprised at how much streaming has become a part of my life. Sure. That's part of, that's kind of what I'm going to talk about in that, a second. Uh, you know, for, I, and we talked about it so early on in the podcast history about the idea of, oh, Netflix is going to make original shows. I don't uh, think I, I ever was like that, yeah, I but know, I know but, what you but mean. The, the idea of like, yeah. how are we ever going to live in a world where this is like not only a regular, I, I guess I am amazed that I live in a world where this is not only possible, but I kind of take it for granted. Oh yeah. That I, mean, that I have all these different I options mean, to get yeah. new shows. Everyone who lives with technology for a certain amount of time, it's just how things work. Yes. I mean, I, I honestly, you know what we take for granted? Light switches. Yep. You know? Yeah. Well, my I don't <laughs> use light switches in my house. It's all voice acting. Yeah, right it's now. true. Um, my surprise of the year, similar, is how much we relied on Netflix. Yeah. It's funny because our buddy Lou actually brought this up. He's like, I'm going to cancel Netflix. I don't think the value is there. And I was like, oh, I was like, really? I wonder if I wonder if he's right. And I started looking back at what we watched this year. The stuff I watched, I wrote you the email today. Yes. So it's like 90% uh, Netflix originals or, you know, documentaries that were produced and bought by Netflix to be right. released as Netflix originals. And on top of that, even the older movies you watched, like movies where Gina's like, I've never seen Boondock Saints. I never really right. watched Chasing Amy. I never watched Scream. or She did watch Scream, but like, you know, something like that. And she watched Chasing Amy, but we watched it this year. All that stuff was on Netflix. So like I, you can actually, I don't know if you know, you can go to your Netflix streaming history and look oh, up wow. everything you've watched. Nice. Every day. It shows you every day what oh. you watched. And I looked back. We watched Netflix, I'd say more than 300 days this year. Don't look at mine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so many good quality documentaries. Basically, I'm, I don't think any, I thought, I thought about this today. I don't think any channel or any even group of channels, like let's say MTV one and two or something like that has ever provided me so much programming as Netflix has this year. It's yep. just yeah. outstanding. You yeah. know, it's uh, this, the TV stuff, the, the series, the documentaries, the stand-up specials, which we're going to get to later on, of, of which they produced like seven excellent stand-up specials. And those are the ones that I personally like. There's other right. people that did a bunch too. Um, that really surprised me. Um, Disney Plus's introduction and how they kind of position themselves and did this big deal to get everyone to sign up for a long time. And then they're not only are they grouping all the Marvel, all the star Wars, all the Pixar, all the Disney history stuff, you know, the history of Disney animation, all the Disney vault stuff. Not only are they doing that, but they have Fox and all this stuff like that. Um, and you know what else I realized? What's that? This is something funny. So they started in November and I'm like, yeah, whatever. They're starting in November. I think they did that on purpose because star Wars is a Christmas thing. Yep. So that is that. And they own, 
so many Christmas movies that are classic Christmas movies. Oh yeah, Muppet the Muppet Christmas Carol, right? Santa Mickey's C Christmas Carol, yeah. Santa Claus was on there. The Santa Claus, Home Alone one and two. Wow. Think about how many Christmas movies they yeah. own that are, that are like the top ones. Right. So coming out in November and having people be like, ah, fuck Disney Plus. Then a couple months later, it's like, hey, do you want to watch Home Alone? Yeah, we got to rent it. It's it's uh it's it's five dollars to rent and it's five ninety nine for a month of Disney Plus. Right. And we get all the Star Wars movies with the new Star Wars coming out right now. Yep. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Um. So I think that the Disney Plus thing was a new step for what streaming is to me. And I know that there are some negatives to it, including the fact that I guess they already took Home Alone off of Disney Plus. Interesting. Put it back in the vault. And it's, yeah, that yeah. people are saying, are they putting movies back in the vault? And I'm like, I don't think you can say whenever they take something off that it's putting it in the vault. Right. But why are they taking Home Alone off Disney Plus right now? I don't know. They removed a couple things. They removed Pirates of the Caribbean 4. Wow, that's weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, and then uh, final thing for surprises. Just the enjoyment I got from watching Christmas specials this year and Thanksgiving stuff, like episodes of TV. Because yeah. we watched a bunch of Thanksgiving episodes. We watched a bunch of Christmas episodes, like Boy Meets World, South Park, um, How I Met Your Mother. And it was just a funny part of uh, my seasons that I really appreciated. And I wish, God damn it, I wish Hulu, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, all these fucking places, whatever you own, make it so that when someone signs in around Christmas, it's like... Our Christmas playlist, and it has all the Christmas episodes of the TV shows you have. Yeah. Comedy, sitcom, Christmas playlist. Right. That's it. And then, you know. I'll People will just through. put it on yeah. and let it be a playlist and play all the time. Yeah. Um, that'd be fun. All right. So that's it. Then uh, favorite overall of the year TV. What's favorite good? overall show for me? The Good Place. I think yeah. it's one of the smartest shows. It deals with huge issues in such an accessible, funny way. Mm. Uh, the plot has gone places that... I don't know how they got there, but uh, but they got there. Yeah. Um, and I'm just uh, I, it, it ends within the next month. And I'm so excited to see where it goes. I think it's so smart and so good. Great. And uh, I, I cannot praise it enough. Great. Uh, for me, um, Stranger Things season three. Yeah, it was too good. I, I loved it so much. I think they did such a good job. Uh, my honorable mentions, uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. Uh, there was the History Channel produced a History of Christmas series right. um, that they did of every decade. And I think it was 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. I think that's what it was. Maybe there was 2000s too. Um, and they just put it on YouTube for free for people to watch. And I watched that a lot around the Christmas season. That was great. Nice. Uh, Kevin Hart's Don't Fuck This Up series on Netflix. Right. It's really great. I've been watching that a little bit. Uh, Nosferatu. It's been fun for that AMC show that films around here to see it filming, to see part of it. Gina was in a couple episodes of it and that was kind of fun to just yeah. see unfold even though I haven't watched that much of the show what um, and uh, yeah, she plays a character who never understands when the camera's not on her and she just dances and yes. acts like the camera can actually see her right, right. and she's trying to turn that into a character on this show where she just talks without a microphone to yeah. see if people will enjoy that um, this is her uh, audition reel. Yeah we're, yeah, we're supposed to send it to Joe Hill. I'm like, hey, I don't think he does anything with casting for the show. Yeah, he just he wrote the book several years ago. And yeah, it's like, nope, send it to Joe Hill. Yep. And then uh, mainstays and Practical Jokers. Uh, you know, they've been on my yes. favorites list many times over the years. We continue to watch. And then uh, Family Guy. And I feel it's funny. It's one of those shows I feel conflicted about. Where I'm like, Family Guy is now in its like well, I don't know 17th season, whatever it is. Yeah. Um. And I feel like people think that they're just like not good anymore. They just kind of put it in that category when they consistently do like 
super experimental stuff, super different stuff. And it's honestly, Impractical Jokers and Family Guy, those two shows are the only shows that I put on and I know that I will laugh out loud at something I didn't expect. Yeah. And there's not other shows that are like that for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Family Guy just consistently has, you know, we talk about this, this is the best version of the joke. They just have these jokes that I think only work in the world of the show. And the joke is when someone says, uh, they were talking about, you know, how something is bad and they compared it to ordering a salad from a pizza place and they cut to a scene where the pizza place gets an order for a salad and what they do behind the scenes and what right. to put in the salad. And it's such perfect, like, honestly, satire right. of real life. Um, and they can pop in and out of stuff like that in a way that a lot of other shows just don't have the framework for. Right. So Family Guy gets to joke about these things here and there um, and make these super funny observations that I think are not able to be done in other shows. Um, and I think that they're still writing really funny jokes and having really funny parts, but I feel like people have kind of written them off as a Simpsons just like The Simpsons, where right. it's now it's just a parody of itself. But I feel like even though there are some elements of that where it just feels like they're just kind of resting on their laurels, like here and there with an, with an episode about this, you know, this guy got a cat or whatever it is. Um, I still feel like there's so many moments of great, hilarious writing in that show. And it's just not really being appreciated the way I think it should. I get it. But uh, that's TV for the year. Let's move on, buddy. All right. What do we got next? Games. Games. Chuck and Brad's favorite <laughs> games of the year. I got some weird stuff to say. Oh, I uh, I don't have a lot to say. So, okay. uh, favorite uh, game for Nintendo: Super Mario Maker Two. Uh, the go. addition of a story mode into the Super Mario Maker uh, world, I guess. Yes. And uh, you know, didn't play a ton of Nintendo games this year. Loved mm -hmm. that one. That makes that makes one of us. Um, for me, <laughs> Nintendo. Uh, my game of the year. Super Mario Maker 2. Wow. I loved it. I think it's fun. 100 levels out the gate that Nintendo made. Super imaginative. Even the trailer drop, you're just like, oh my God. It yep. looks so cool. It's so fun. Um, and Did you finish the, the story mode? You built the oh, castle? Oh, yeah. Okay. I built the whole thing. Hundred, it's 100 levels. Okay. And I played I, through I, all of them. Oh, I didn't, I didn't play through all of them. I built, oh, really? I built the castle, unlocked some new shirts and stuff. That's all I've done so far. All right. Well, I, I beat the uh, levels. And I have more to say about the Nintendo Switch in a little bit. It's yes. going to come into play. All right. Favorite Sony game of the year? I did not play any PlayStation 4 games this year. For me... Uh, I honestly, I don't know the last time I like turned on a controller. I uh, got a present this year from Mr. Brad Rohr, and it was the PlayStation Classic. Yes. Um, I immediately modded it. Which is, you know, it's 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 the original PlayStation, right. but shrunken way down, just with a little hard drive inside to have a bunch of classic games on it. I modded it. I put on every game I've ever liked on the PlayStation. Um, I went through this whole thing with GameStop for months, not months, maybe a couple of weeks, to get the PlayStation 25th anniversary PlayStation 4 controller that I have connected to that PlayStation Classic. Yes. And I played a fucking shitload of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Wow. Like, 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 like me being like, I'm going to beat this game. That's how I played it. And yeah. I got pretty far. I think I have like one level left to okay. beat, which I've never beat the game before. Interesting. You know, the, all the tapes. Have you yeah. ever beaten it? Yes. Oh, wow. In, in, in college. Yes. Uh, you know, when I had time. Right. And, it, you know, it was like, oh, me and Ryan Taranga. Yes. Uh, we're like, you know, we like, he'd do this level and I do that level and right. blah, blah, blah. So. Right. So, so I've been, I've been playing through that. That's my Sony PlayStation game of the year. That's great. Yep. Microsoft. Uh, favorite Microsoft game? Uh, I played The Outer Worlds, which I oh, yeah. have mistakenly called The Outer Planets uh, approximately 50% of the time. 
uh, but it's a role-playing game in the in the vein of uh, the Fallout series or the Elder Scrolls series. Uh, you know, first person, power right. up your guy, right. uh, branching choices, things right. like that. And uh, just a really fun game. I wish, honestly, I, our, our pal Ray and I talked about it. He's like, I wish it was longer. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as well. Where it was, you know, yeah. a 30-hour game. And Skyrim is probably an 80 to 100-hour game. Wow. And so, you know, will they release future content for the Outer Worlds? Probably. Uh, it was on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Um, so I was able to play this, you know, included in the price of what I've already paid. So, right. um, yeah, I hope more more material comes out for it. For me, um, I would like to kind of make a note here. Um, and I've said this on the podcast a million times, but I want to say it again. I haven't really been able to play video games like I used to in the past year and a half or two years right. because so much of my work that I do now is here at my house when I'm alone. Right. And that time I used to be able to put into video games, but now I just have so many deadlines with articles and videos and podcast stuff and music stuff and comedy stuff that I always feel guilty. And instead of being able to be like, Oh, well I'm going to sit down with red dead redemption two and put in four hours. Right. Um, I can sit down with a game like Mario maker two and put in 15 minutes here and there right. and beat it slowly with just those small chunks of time. So right now in my life, there's not really room for those big games, even though I love them. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to play Red Dead 2, Spider-Man for PS4, uh, Days Gone, eventually Last of Us 2, eventually Dying Light 2. A lot of games coming up that I don't know if I'm going to really have time to play. However, that being said, my favorite thing from Xbox this year, Xbox Ultimate Game Pass. Nice. They did this deal for this service where basically however long you had Xbox Live for, um, which typically costs, you could probably get it for, you know, I'd say around between 50 and $60 a year. Yeah. Um, if you pay $1, they convert your entire subscription, however long, however long it is, to Ultimate Game Pass, which gives you essentially a Netflix of Xbox games. Right. Access to all these, you know, hundreds of games. Um, and I, you know, I did it. I paid for my Xbox Live three years ahead. I paid the dollar. Um and uh, got scammed in the process at some point, lost 35 bucks. Um, but uh, then I got Xbox Ultimate Game Pass and I legitimately feel like I don't need to buy games. Yeah, um, that's where I'm at as well. Like I felt my mom uh, was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm, I'm like, like I, have, I, have a, I, have an over, I have too many games to play. Yeah. So, and, and I want to say the games that kind of interest me that came with Xbox Game Pass, Blazing Chrome, World War Z, which me and Brad are going to yep. beat, Tembo the Badass Elephant, Mega Sl- Mega Slug, Metal Slug X and 3, Overcooked 1 and 2. Um I want to play Double Dragon Neon, Just Cause 4, Friday the 13th, which I already had but as part of it. All the Gears games, including Gears of War 5 that came out this uh, yep. you know, November. Call of Juarez, Gunslinger, Save Decay 2, Dead by Daylight. All those games came free to me with that, and they're games that I legitimately would play and want to play. I think you should download the game Supermarket Shriek. Supermarket Shriek? I'd like that. Anything it's, that ends with Shriek, it's I'd a, like. It's a, like a weird... Racing is the wrong term, but basically yes. you're, you're trying to get through checkpoints in a certain amount of time, and it's like an overhead view That's cool. in a supermarket, but you steer by... There's a goat in your cart, and he shrieks, and you turn... Oh, that's funny. And so, you know, if the, the volume is up. It's a fun time. That's funny. Yeah. You know, right. it, it honestly, it's a fun like 15 minutes and then you're like, okay, that's enough of this game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite handheld game. Okay, Brad, go what you got. Uh, last year I said Marvel Strike Force. Oh my God. Uh, still playing it, by the way. Yep. Uh, sure is. But that was not my favorite this year. The New York Times Crossword app. 
Oh yeah, you have been playing that. I uh, I used my Google Play Rewards money. Yes. To uh, or Google Rewards, where you take short surveys and earn between ten and forty cents of Google Play credit uh, per survey. Uh, I used that to buy the actual subscription to the New York Times crossword uh, on September thirteenth, I think, maybe September 9th. Yeah. And I have not missed a day since i've i've completed the you know maybe i googled uh, here and there mm. but i'm i'm getting better and i'm understanding oh okay this is how they clue that this is the theme blah 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 uh and i'm also going back and doing older puzzles so um starting at we'll call it september 9th i'm at, at current day january 8th whatever yeah it's the 8th yeah uh and then i'm all the way back to like march 20th so I've done, you know, 10 months worth of puzzles in about four months wow. and uh, really, yeah, getting a lot out of it. And uh, I feel smart when I figure things out. Nice. That's uh, good. But, you know, I also I read uh, the, uh, the blog of like the fastest crossword puzzle guy in the world. Mm hmm. And he's like, oh, this puzzle was easy. I finished it in eight minutes. And I'm like, it took me 35. And uh, and but he's he's kind of curmudgeonly, but mm -hmm. also like lovable. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, New York Times crossword app makes me feel smart, uh, dumb and smart at the same time. Sweet. For me, it was uh, handheld. I put uh, the fact that I modded my Nintendo Switch yep. and have uh, emulators on it so I can play, you know, NES, SNES, Sega, PlayStation, N64, uh, you know, all these different games uh, and my handheld device wherever I go, as well as, you know, Nintendo Switch games, um, because I really probably put more time into playing you know, any random amount of games on the switch than I did on anything else this right, year right. because of that mod. Um, DLC. Uh, I, I put Tembo, the badass elephant. I downloaded it through, uh, Xbox, you know, inexpensively before we got game pass. Yeah. Uh, just a fun game to play. Yeah. I mean, similar to any of the stuff that I said from Xbox game pass, the smaller games like Tembo or blazing Chrome, um, or overcooked kind of, you know, those are the ones I think of for that, but I don't have anything specific. Yeah, I get it. Uh, add-on, favorite add-on. I, I just have Mario Maker 2 update stuff because they added cool stuff Mine to it. Mine was Game Pass Ultimate, which we already talked go. about. So There you go. Uh, favorite retro game? All right. My favorite retro game experience of the year uh, was our arcade nights where we'd have, like, it would be me, Brad, our buddy Jordan, our buddy Lou, our buddy Bilal, and we would just play um, emulators of old arcade games. So, like, you know, like, think Simpsons Arcade, Turtles in Time Arcade. Uh, we played Cowboys of Mumesa, Captain America, the Avengers, Dungeons and Dragons, Tower of Doom, Growl, Hook, Night Slashers, Silent Dragon, Rescue Rangers. Is that right? Is that one of them we played? I think those are two different games. Oh, Silent Dragon and... Oh, yeah. yeah I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You Silent and, Dragon. You, you and I played through Rescue Separate Rangers. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silent Dragon. Um, and those those nights were so fun. Basically, we'd have like... We'd all come over. We'd get like pizza and we'd hang out for like three and a half hours yep. and we'd just sit down and beat these four player games. Um and Brad and I beat the Rescue Rangers game for NES. We sure did. Um, which was really fun. Um, my runner-up is, uh, you know, I was just playing through side-scrollers all, all year on yeah. the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Marvel War of the Gems for SNES, Maximum Carnage for SNES, and Mega Man X, which I beat for the first time this year. Nice. For SNES. So those, those, that's my retro stuff of the yeah. year, kind of. Uh, I put the Sega Genesis Classic. There you go. Um, I'm, yeah. wait, I'm waiting for the mod to come out so I can mod yeah. it and put every game on it. That's funny. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't have a ton of affection for old Sega Genesis games, but I didn't play a ton of retro games. So, uh, this kind of got it by default. Mm. Favorite multiplayer game. I'd say 
um, our light gun day. I put as my favorite multiplayer yeah. game where Brad and I went to Dave and Buster's and we beat Alien, Jurassic Park, these new these new games, yeah. Terminator. Yep. We played Tomb Raider and didn't think it was that fun. Was uh, House of the Dead. House of the Dead. Scarlet Dawn. Yeah. Walking Dead. Yep. And then Halo, like Spartan Wars or something like yep. that. Um, and we just played through all these light gun games for like five hours. Um, and beat them all. That's probably my actual answer, mm-hmm. but I thought it'd be funnier if my favorite multiplayer game was Growl. Uh, <laughs> one of the, the beat em ups that Chuck talked about during our video game nights. Yeah. Uh, it's a game that you're fighting poachers somehow. Uh, I don't know. It was a weird game. It was a weird game. It was a weird game, but uh, we, we had so much fun playing it and yeah. kind of like uh, being mystified by it yes. that uh, that I was like, ah, this will be a funny thing to talk about. I'm sure there's no way Chuck will bring it up the category before I bring it up. Yes, of course not. So uh, Growl. Growl. Uh, that favorite was fun. Game. Favorite game of the year overall? Uh, I'm just going to put, I just put yeah. my NVIDIA Shield. Yep. I got an NVIDIA Shield, which is about as big as a portable hard drive. I modded that. And it's like incredible. I use it. Uh, you can hook up all your Bluetooth controllers to it, and uh, we play it on my TV for the arcade games. I play. I can play Wii games on it. I can play any system on it. Uh, Wii and, and f- further back. And I, man, I fucking love this thing. It's so fun. I play games. I mean, I played Tony Hawk on that. Beat right. Star Fox, like a bunch of stuff. Um, so the Nvidia Shield. I don't know. That's my game of the year. Nice. I think it's my gaming thing of the year. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, I said Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, yeah, I heard it was great. Got it for, for Christmas and have really enjoyed it so far. I uh, haven't finished it yet. Uh, in fact, uh, just unlocked Howling Push uh, before I came over here. So yet another Force upgrade for uh, for my little Jedi. And uh, it's just a fun game. It's super well done. The controls feel really tight. And uh, what I've seen of the story so far, I enjoyed. Uh, and, you know, runner-up was probably uh, The Outer Worlds. So uh, good stuff there. And I'm sure, you know, exciting new games to come, both through Game Pass and otherwise. Uh, but man, finding time to sink into all these games is uh, is getting tougher and tougher. Oh my God, it's crazy. All right. Uh, so those are our favorite games. Those are our favorite games. My honorable mention, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. I wish I was playing it. I just can't find the time to sit down. And I feel like it's a game where you can't make progress if you sit down with that game for even an hour. It feels like you can't really get anything done. Right. You've got to put more time in than that. So someday I hope I will. All right, next up, uh, we're going to do restaurants because it's mostly just me. It's not exactly uh, categories of best of. It's kind of just me talking about my restaurant highlights of the year. As many people know, I'm a food journalist. I write for The Bay Magazine, Providence Monthly, and Motif Magazine. Um, We host food events. Uh, This year, I went to around 35 new restaurants. Wow. And over the course of the year, I went to around 110 different restaurants in general. Interesting. Um, which is a lot of restaurants. Does that count like fast foodie places? No. Oh, okay. It, it does count like there's a, there's a small chain in New Jersey called Bubba Coos, right. which you would really like. But it does. It, it does, counts it that, but it doesn't count like Dunkin' Donuts Panera. or McDonald's or yeah. Pan- yeah, it doesn't count stuff like that. Panera, no. Um, Chipotle, no. Um, but yeah, 110 different restaurants. That's crazy. It me. is crazy. But I don't know how many I went to. But I probably went to more McDonald's's. Oh yeah. Um, you know, every Friday night. Um. So, I got invited to a bunch of food events this year, including Crave RI. One of my favorite events of the year. Awesome. Le- legitimately. It's so fun. Uh, very well organized. Food diversity is crazy. Food's, the quality is excellent. A Taste of Warren event we went to. Yep. 
We got invited to an evening on court. I, I got invited to that. It's a little bit out of Brad's swank level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I got invited to the Eat, Drink, R.I. Grand Tasting, and I couldn't go because I had previous engagement. Um, I think that I think that that weekend we were on our the first tour of the summer. Yeah. The Avengers one. Uh, we got invited to the Poutine Indulgence Festival in uh, Woonsocket. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And that was awesome. Um, we hosted the Rhode Island Food Fights Bacon and Beer Fest. We hosted Rhode Island Food Fights Cupcake Spectacular. We hosted the RA Food Fights Cookie Smackdown. And we hosted the Malted Barley World Pretzel Eating Championship. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And we got invited to the other ones. It's so cool. We went to, I went to the Rhode Island Seafood Festival and we went to Schmorgisburg, Schmorgisburg in uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yes. And it was awesome. The food oh, there was great. awesome. Um, I went to Hope and Maine Meet Your Makers and I got the best acai bowl of the year. And I wish I could remember the food truck's name. I feel so guilty that I don't. And um, I went to Roger Williams Food Truck Fridays. And it's not really in a food event because it's every Friday in the summer right. at Roger Williams Zoo in Providence, Rhode Island. Is it Cranston or Providence? I don't know. Um, but the only reason I bring it up is because that's what kind of introduced me to Red's Street Kitchen, that truck, okay. which is where I get the Philly cheesesteaks. Yes. And they're fucking incredible. Um, so if you're around Rhode Island... Find Red Street Kitchen, the food truck. It's amazing. And they also do these Portuguese fries that are crazy. I wrote, I don't know how many articles about food. Lots. Let's say like 15-ish, right? right? Something like that. We lost uh, Rebecco, the Mexican restaurant in Seekonk, Massachusetts. Gained and lost in one year? Yeah, I, th I think it was around for two years. I feel so bad. It's just that location is too big. But I really enjoyed, like deeply, deeply looked forward to going to Rebecco. Yeah. Crazy. I, that was my first, uh, like, I guess my most consistent enchiladas experience. Oh, enchiladas there were great. And that's weird because I'm a, a baby about stuff. Like, by the way, I think this was the first year that I finally tried Burgundian waffles, which yeah. you have raved about. We, I, I think we have... Uh, it's another them, Rhode Island-based place. We, yeah, we've told them they, they make Liege waffles. Liege, Liege waffles. I think Liege. Liege. Um, that are outstanding. And we, I think we've talked about having them on the podcast since their birth. Mm -hmm. Not as a restaurant, as humans. I was messaging Shane tonight. Yeah, the owner. Uh, but yeah, I I uh, really enjoyed. Uh, they had a waffle with cookie butter, and, and uh, it was so good. So good. Um, so uh, favorite places I continued to go to. Quick plugs: Cook and Dagger. Mostly of these are in Rhode Island. Cook and Dagger, Revival, Lasandis, Perellas, Jeff Sandwiches, Ricottis, Miku, Boneheads, PV Donuts, Miller's Roast Beef. Fellini's, Antonio's, Next Day La Vida, Frisky Fries, Malted Barley, Black Pear, Hometown Poke, and Poke Works. Uh, Rebecca and Busker Du in New Jersey. Um, these are all places that I've talked about at length before and in previous years. Right. So I don't want to go take too much time. But those places are, you know, I care about all those places. Here are the new places this year. All right, do it. Ready? Yes. Great place. Anna's Taqueria, Somerville, Massachusetts. Incredible tacos. It was delicious. Bears Barbecue, Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, so <laughs> one of the, my good. favorites of the year. Yeah. That was great. Boundary Brew House in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Excellent. Great burgers. Uh, Brewed Awakenings in Warwick, Rhode Island is a great place for us to go and write, get some coffee. I write there with Ray, I write there with Brad, I write there with Gina sometimes. Awesome. Babacoo's Burritos in New Jersey um, is a great burrito place that I love. Uh, Burgundian, great waffles that we talked about. And I probably did talk about them last year, but I just want to make sure we, saw, we, we mentioned them. Cambridge Brewing Company in Boston is delicious. Great food. Uh, I went to Castle Hill on Valentine's Day, which is like super ritzy, super swanky, 
We had a gift card for my grandparents. I think the meal was like $200, um, which is a lot for me. And uh, man, what a great meal. What a great experience. Great Valentine's Day. They did a killer job. Um, if you want a fancy dinner, Castle Hill. Oof. And I want to go in the summer because a big part of it, it's on a hill that overlooks the ocean. Oh, all right. That's, you know, Castle Hill. Yeah. Um, so I want to go in the summer. Coffee Depot in Warren, Rhode Island. Great place that I wrote a lot this year. I spent a lot of my thinking time there and creating time there. Um, including Brad and I writing the Clerks Bradley Drawn thing that we did with Brian O'Halloran. Um, Ellie's Bakery in Providence provided me a delicious kielbasa sandwich I got many times and gave to uh, Practical Jokers writer Mike Fenoya when he came in, when we interviewed him yes. at the Omni Hotel, when he came to headline the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island. Feast in East Greenwich is fucking delicious. They had so much good stuff. Hatch 44 in Metuchen. I don't know how to say it. M-E-T-U-C-H-E-N, New no, Jersey. It could have been Metuchen. Metuchen, yeah, let's say that. Metuchen. Uh, great, great brunch. Excellent. Very, uh, you know, thoughtful meal. Hemingway's in Providence gave me the best seafood dinner I had this summer. It was incredible with their crab tower. Hungry Go Kitchen was great. Remember that? Um... Hungry Goat. Yes. Jack I, I wings. said Hungry Girl, and I'm like, I don't remember Hungry Girl. We saw our buddy Craig DePina from Needless to Say podcast there and his this wonderful one. wife. Um, Italian Corner Deli in, I don't know, Seekonk, Massachusetts. Could be East Providence. It could be East Rhode Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, great sandwiches. Uh, Jose Tejas in Iceland, New Jersey. Excellent Mexican food. La Pinata in Warren, Rhode Island. We had a lot of good meals there, a lot of good individual tacos. Local Smoke Barbecue in New Jersey. I got a great Thanksgiving sandwich there around Thanksgiving. Uh, Metacom Kitchen in Warren, Rhode Island. Uh, excellent mystery meal dinner on a, a Monday. They do a special thing. It's 30 bucks, and they make you whatever they want, and it was incredible. Um, the Nordic Lodge I went to in Rhode Island, which is a place where it's $100, and it's all you can eat, like crab legs, lobster, filet mignon. Yeah. And... It was an experience that I'm glad I had. Good. Uh, Brad and I loved Pietro's Pizza in Hartford, Connecticut. Yes, we did. Right? Yeah. Great place. Uh, Rody Roots just opened in Warren. I love it. I love the poutine there. Had a lot of great stuff there. Ricotti sandwiches. You know, I already mentioned them in Bristol, Rhode Island. Uh, Salted Slate in Providence, Rhode Island. Unbelievable brunch. Have you gone there? No, I have not. You you would appreciate their brunch oh, sure, a lot. Sure. You'd really like it. A lot of sweet stuff. Yeah. Um. Square Peg in Warren, Rhode Island. Great. I kind of I kind of really gave them a chance this year because for some reason I never really went there and I was like, let me go there and make sure I know what this place is like. And they were great. Uh, Sydney, Australian-inspired uh, cafe in Portsmouth, Rhode Island is beautiful. Had a great time there. Um, we went to a place called The Tacos Project in Brooklyn, New York. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Delicious. Very good tacos. Uh, the Barn in Middletown, Rhode Island, I think. Uh, great breakfast. Slow Road in Providence was great. Tricycle ice cream, new place that oh. makes the ice cream tacos in Providence. Yeah. So delicious. Union Station Brewery in Providence provides great food. Uptown in Warren is a new place I'm excited for. I had one meal there. Good stuff. Can't wait to see what else they do. Um, and Westbrook Lobster, which I believe is in like Westbrook, Connecticut. Okay. Me and Gina had a good meal on the way back from something. Um, and here are my best food experience of the year. All the right. Shanty in Warwick, new place. Excellent. Really? What kind of food do they have there? It's like American, it's almost like comfort food, like America. It's like revival. Okay. A little bit. And uh, you would like it a lot. Yeah. A real lot. What, do you remember what you got there? Um, We definitely got a macaroni and cheese and I feel like I got some kind of really decadent sandwich. I don't remember exactly, but okay. it was like, we were, we were blown away by it. It could have been my food experience of the year if it didn't get beaten out by something else. Wow. Okay. Uh, the sandwich hut this year, we oh, went yeah, and got we those there. delicious sandwiches like nice after meat, our nice, interview nice with Joe List. Sub. Yes. By the way, just just a quick aside. 
Uh, it was in because I again I, I talked with Chuck about reviewing the yeah. blog from the like the first year of the yes. Grammys and Chammies, and uh, it was food slash experience I should have tried long ago. And I, I the food was pizza rolls. Yeah, <laughs> and the runner up was meatballs. I had never had a meatball sub before two thousand eight. Or I, I, I tried it in my youth and I didn't like it. Oh, so that, how did you not like from, it? How is that possible? You I, like, did you like meatballs? Did you like bread? I think, that, I think that <laughs> I, it was the sauce. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, yeah, the sandwich hut in Providence, their sandwiches are incredible. They yeah. make a tapenade that goes in their Italian. Oof. Uh, I fell in love with Tallulah's Taqueria in Providence this year. Great. Tacos are unbelievable. Tilly's cheesesteaks. Have you had that? Yes. In Southern Rhode Island? Yes. Oh. You, you, didn't you bring me? Oh, I brought food? you one. Yes. Oh, I thought it was incredible. Uh, Hemingway's, like I said, best uh, seafood experience of the year. Uh, favorite experience, I think, overall was my experience at Thames Street Kitchen in Newport, Rhode Island. Really? It was their raviolo, where they have like a basically like a fried egg inside a ravioli. It was just everything was incredible there. It was such a great, and we sat at the area. It's a bar, but it's two where they're making all the food right in front of you, and everything there was so cared about. Yeah, uh, I was just blown away. And then um, also. Uh, this private dinner I went to um, called Little Chef, Little Kitchen. And uh, it was a private chef who kind of puts on these, you know, private dinners in different places. And uh, she's from New York. I was tipped off about her from, I think, Laura from Buns and Bites. And uh, her name is Diana. And she basically had this private dinner with me and Gina and six other people. And she just made like, a, I'm not sure how many courses it was, Um but it was absolutely incredible. It was great. They did it at uh, in East Greenwich. I'm trying to think of where it was. Man, it was it was a restaurant I've never eaten in before. Right. And so the restaurant was closed at night, and so she was able to make her dinner there. And everything was absolutely delicious. I wrote an article about it, but for some reason they're not publishing it until next summer. Um, and uh, that was one of the best experiences of the year. But those those are my those are my food experiences of the year. I'll Lots say, of stuff all over the place, huh? I'll New Jersey, this. Connecticut. Mass- amazing food experience lower on the swank meter. Okay. Is one of the nights Chuck and I were working on our Halloween show. Yeah. We got a uh, classic pizza from Bristol, Rhode Island. We got a, a large pizza with extra cheese. Oh man. And it was yeah. some of the best uh pizza with that style of crust that I've ever had. You know what I'll say? It was like That was probably that night was probably my pizza experience of the year. Best yeah. pizza of the year, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Um, I can tell you what my worst pizza experience of the year was, and it was the Pizza Hut Cheese It pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah, you told me about that. You're so, so bad. grossed out by it. Uh, yeah, but, and yeah. just so you know, uh, Little Chef Little Kitchen was uh, it's traditional Filipino cuisine, and they she'd made like mango hot sauce, and I'm, I'm trying to think of exactly what it was in terms of the, the those sauces like blew me away, but everything was excellent. Yeah. By the way, I want to. Uh, Zucchini s- law ceviche with salmon, coconut cream and chili. Wow. Sinengang consume. Oh, I don't know any of this stuff. Mouthwatering adobo with rice cakes and mango relish. Embutido. Everything was so good. And it was so cool to have a private dinner. It's one of those things that I hope to recreate a little bit more in 2020. Yeah. Is uh, like a private dinner with a concept from a chef. I'm going to become a real pain in the ass. Oh, I have no doubt. <laughs> I have no doubt. I would love for us to go. Uh, I went to La Hacienda uh, this year, and it's a yeah. little Mexican place in Olneyville, Providence. And uh, I got a pupusa, which is like kind of a... I kind of think of you as a pupusa. Thank you. Uh, it's it's like a... Fuck you. It's like a... Uh, like a pancake yeah but there's meat involved somehow sure is it is it a, a salvadoran uh 
McGriddle taco, possibly. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, hard, taco. it's hard to say, but uh, it was it was really uh, really good, and it's you know it's not a swanky place. Yeah, but uh, but I really enjoyed uh, eating there. So that's good, man. Uh, at some point, I'd love for us to go. That's great. I'd love to go too. Pooses for all. And I will say, I'd like to point out um, some of my favorite actual moments eating this year. They're not at restaurants, but they're eating with my family at my parents' house. Yeah. My mom is such a great cook. Oh, she is. And not only does she prepare like traditional things in a great way, like our turkey, you know, our Thanksgiving is yeah. like incredible. Um, but she always comes up with different twists on things and like makes her own sushi. This year she introduced um caesar salad deviled eggs remember she made those like she just does these things that are awesome and the most recent thing is she made this roll it's almost like a rolled calzone but instead of bread it's pasta that she made herself right and in the middle it's uh spinach ricotta and name an italian meat uh pepperoni no another one capicola no another one salami no uh ham no keep going uh uh, canadian bacon that's not italian that's canadian pepperoni (laughs) Uh, let's it's see. Italian sausage. Uh, it's not Capicol. What is it? Uh, which one is it? I'm trying to think of what Does it, it is. with a P? Prosciutto. Prosciutto. That's what ah! it is. Oh, God. I, could, I just couldn't remember which one it is. I know all the meats. Um, but she <laughs> but she made this like two weeks ago at like a dinner that she had. She made this white bean dip <laughs> with... Staten Family Crest. <laughs> so their motto, I know all the meats. <laughs> but she made this white bean dip with it. And just all year, whenever she has us over... Um, she just kills it and comes up with original stuff that I haven't had. And, you know, throughout the years, it's been kind of consistent because she would make special stuff for our uh, wrestling parties. Yeah. And she made like her Big Mac cheeseburger dip. Yeah. She the, made the ramen reigns, Superman crunch wings. Yeah. Where she used the uncooked ramen noodles as like a crunchy outside of the wings. And she made her sweet and sour kielbasa for Christmas. Oh, she just kills it. So some of my favorite food experiences are actually with my family at my mom's house. All right, let's get into the final thing. And that's going to be. Chammies and Brammies 2019 part one. Movies. Yes. What were you saying? Part one. Oh, part one. Yeah, the the end of part one. Yes. Movies. <clears throat> so movies, uh, as as Chuck alluded to uh, earlier, uh, the line is blurred, so maybe he had some things for TV that I sure. had for movies. Whatever. Sure. Uh, but we'll start with uh, favorite documentary for me. Pick it up. Ska in the 90s. Uh, spoiler Great. alert. We were uh, loosely affiliated with it when we hosted two screenings, uh, two screenings uh, and did some Q and A with uh, with some ska artists. Uh, our good buddy Scott, uh, formerly of Real Big Fish, and now he's doing his own stuff. Mm-hmm. Cooley ranks from the Pilfers, yeah, and uh, Dave McWayne from Big D and the Kids Table. That's right. Um, for me, documentary. My runners up were a tie between the Pick It Up ska documentary. Yep. And don't fuck with cats on Netflix. Right, excellent. Um, but just movies that were so well shot and well put together, and so crazily intriguing. The Firefest documentary by Netflix. Yep. And abducted in plain sight, also released on Netflix, which is with like the guy. And he's a pedophile, and he's banging this like little girl. He seduces her mom to leave the husband. Then he seduces the husband. Yep. And we had a big episode where we talked about it. Yep. Um, and it's like the most wild, craziest, most bizarre documentary I've ever seen. Because at the same time, you're like, all oh, these poor victims. But then when you see the interviews of the mom and the dad explaining why they let all this stuff happen and how they let it happen, you're like, these fucking idiots yep. also. They're so weird. Yes. How charming could one person be? Not that charming. I don't know. Uh, honorable mentions, uh, Tell Me Who I Am, great documentary project on Netflix. 
um, and Confessions with a Killer on Netflix too, okay. which are the Ted Bundy tapes. Right. Just these documentaries from an editing, producing, and uh, you know, it's funny you see the word writer, at, you know, in a documentary. Right. And what that means is someone takes all of the content they have that could be in the documentary. Let's say it's a hundred percent of the content, and they whittle it down to the best five percent of that, and they make it into a compelling story and order it the right way and pace it the right way. Yeah. I just see that. I know how that is and how hard it is. And these people are um, genius with it. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, I really appreciate that. All right. Comedy of the year. What do you got? Uh, Between Two Ferns, the movie. Mm. For uh, me? It's a Netflix, yeah. uh, like direct to Netflix movie starring Zach Galifianakis. Yep. Uh, playing his character, Zach Galifianakis, uh, as a somewhat uh, delusional uh, talk show host. Uh, kind of lampooning celebrity culture. Yeah. And uh, it had been, it started as a series of short videos for Funny or Die and then has expanded into mm -hmm. uh, a full-length movie that I thought was super well done. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. Yes, I didn't mean to talk over you. The Sorry. only reason I was going to say is because I also had that in my thing. Yes. I figured. Uh, my comedy of the year was actually Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I haven't seen it yet. Loved it close to my heart. Um, but my runner-up was Between Two Ferns movie. Yeah. And I think it's funny because Between Two Ferns has kind of a weird ending. It's kind of a small project. Right. But the actual interviews are so funny. Oh, yeah. It's it's it, it's a movie with so many funny parts. Yes. Um, but Jane Silent Bob reboot had like the heart and the uh, personal, you know, I have a stake in it. Right. Drama of the year. What do you got? I put Knives Out as my favorite drama. drama. Yep. Wow. You know. All right. Wh where else am I going to put it? I'll tell you where we don't, put we don't, it. We don't, we don't have I'll tell you where you can stick it. Oh, okay. Uh, Knives Out, written by, uh, written and directed by Ryan Johnson, starring uh, Daniel Craig and many others. Uh, just a kind of a... Not, yeah, I guess not, drama is the closest to yeah, where you're going to have it. Not, yeah. not really a whodunit, but a howdunit uh, film. Mm -hmm. uh, really, really well done, and one that I feel comfortable recommending to literally anyone. Right. Uh, for me, drama of the year, gotta go with Joker. It was too good. Too yeah. well done. Uh, Joaquin won the... Uh, the Golden, Golden Globe for yeah. Best Actor, which is a cool step for movies of this ilk. Um, and then my runner-up was Hell or High Water, which I don't know if you saw. I did not. Chris Pine and no. really, really good. Uh, 2000, uh, how about this? So the next one I have is Thriller. Do you have that? Yeah, favorite horror slash thriller. I have a thriller and horror as two separate ones. Okay, I have it as one. Okay, I have, oh, you know, it does but, say. But you know what? I, I can do it as separate. That's what I'm going to do. I, th I think they're kind of different. All right, which do you want to do first, horror or thriller? Let's do thriller. All right, favorite thriller. Uh, I said Glass, Ooh, the, cool. uh, the end of the trilogy by M. Night Shyamalan mm -hmm. that started with Unbreakable, mm -hmm. continued with, oh boy, hang on, what was the movie that with starred McAvoy? It's called Mr. Broken Face. Ah, okay, there we go. Uh, the multiple personality movie yeah. that I can't remember right now. Wow. And it's very embarrassing. That's really strange. Yep. Uh, and anyway. I know it, obviously. Yes. What uh, what is it? Well, you know, some of my category shouldn't be speaking over All right, you. Good point. Uh, the trilogy <laughs> concluded with Glass. How can we remember the cover of this movie, but not the name of it? I have no idea. Yeah. I remember the plot. Like, mm -hmm. I remember what, anyway. I remember really specifically. Yeah. Uh, but it ended with Glass. Uh, a pretty satisfying conclusion to a trilogy that really came out of nowhere. Um, and, I liked uh, it a lot. I liked yeah. Glass a lot. That as, was great. As a thriller, you know, to see where it was going and try and figure out where it was going. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. For me, favorite thriller, Us. Jordan Peele's Us. Haven't seen it yet, but it's on my just watch watch list. Great. So favorite horror movie for me, I put It Chapter Two. Really liked it with a runner-up of Brightburn. Oh, okay. You know, uh, I really liked It Chapter Two, and then uh, Brightburn I thought was really really effective, but much much smaller. 
Um, but but really appreciated it as a story. Uh, my fa- I did not watch a ton of horror movies this year. Uh, my favorite horror movie, though, uh, really well done film, was uh, Hereditary, which I watched this year for the first time. Non traditional horror movie, uh, definitely some some jump scares, but overall just a sense of dread, yeah. kind of throughout the whole movie, similar to The Witch. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I should also point out we didn't see the movie Midsommar, uh, which I have heard uh, good things about. Yeah. So, Split, of course, is the name of the movie that I was looking for. <laughs> that makes, I knew it was one word. Yes, as did I. Yeah. Uh, split was the the middle in the Unbreakable yeah. Split Glass trilogy. Right. Uh, Hereditary was my favorite horror movie. Nice. Uh, shitty fun horror. Do you have this? I mean, we watched Halloween three. Oh no, you have a better answer than that. You just haven't searched your brain box. I, uh, you know what? I might have the same answer, but it might be elsewhere. Thanks, killing. Ah, oh. we watched that this year finally for the first time in full. We sure did. Nice tits, bitch. Remember that? Yeah, I remember it. That <laughs> <laughs> trick is so gruff. That is such a bizarre <laughs> yeah. film. Oh, that's a funny movie. We had a good time watching that. All right, so here's an interesting one. We had one for a while ago that was like a music uh, pr- project. Like either a music documentary or a music live performance yeah. for movie of the year. I don't really have one. No, Do I you have one? I didn't. I don't think either. I watched the music yeah. one this year. I did not. Weird. Um, all right. Favorite action movie of the year? Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Oh boy. My runner up was Glass. Um, or Bad Times at the El Royale. Okay. Which I also enjoyed. Yes. But wasn't as good as I hoped it was. It, you know what? It but, wasn't but got a lot of great stuff. Yeah, it wasn't as action y. I, I think for me, I wanted to see. Vroom vrooms and explosions. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Bad Times at the El Royale for me was so great, and I just wish the ending was a little bit more conclusive. Yeah. Tied it in. Uh, epic action, which is different than action. It's kind of fantastic action. Uh, Avengers Endgame was my favorite epi- really? epic action movie. Yeah. Um, I have that reserved for a different spot. Yeah, I have it in a different spot as well. Uh, mine was Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, also, uh, you know, perfectly perfectly worthy yep. uh, to be a, a huge epic action movie. Favorite animated for me was Toy Story 4. I, I said, I guess the Lego movie too. Uh, I watched that. It didn't too. do good. You know that? Yeah, you know, I watched. Do you know that the company that owned the rights to it just let the rights lapse just now? They, yeah. they don't own the rights to it anymore? Oh, well, let's, let's get them. Yeah, let's get them. I'll do it. Um, I, uh, I didn't watch. I watched the Lego movie 2 and um, The Incredibles 2, mm-hmm. and that was about it for family and animated films. I watched a I, few. I, I didn't watch Toy Story. I didn't watch Frozen 2. Uh, and you know, Toy Story is going to tug at your heartstrings. Oh, I have no doubt. It's great. I have no oh, doubt. Oh, it's really, really good. Independent Spirit Award. Now, this is, uh, you put this in for the, the film project that had the most independent spirit. Like, it's really its own thing, kind of changing the rules. Uh, I said the Firefest documentary. Well, yeah. I said Lonely Island, Bash Brothers. Yep. That was kind of, you know, like yep. I talked about earlier in the episode, the lines are blurred. And it was just such an amazing A-plus film project. That's where I'm going to put it. Yeah, I have, I have that appears in my music. Uh, All right. Enemies. The next category we have is Childhood Ruiner. Yes. And uh, that's for a movie that you used to love and you watched it again and now you think, oh, no, it's not very good. And I don't have one for this year. Well, uh, similar to last year, uh, we watched the, the reboot of Child's Play. Oh, this year and God. I'm like oh how was I ever scared of Chucky uh, similar like last year was the Nightmare on Elm Street series like how was I ever scared of Freddy yeah and two years before that Friday the 13th how was I ever scared of Jason and it's not like I, I didn't look at previous year's answers I was just like oh yeah this is this is a way similar. to interpret this category yeah 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 I don't have one but yeah. uh, man did the new Child's Play movie that could have so easily been a home run and man I was disappointed yeah it was not a home run um, opinion changer it's a movie that you you know 
you, for some reason you used to feel one way, now you feel a different way. I didn't have one. I have two. Oh, good. One, uh, the original It. I always was really scared of it. I watched it this year, the whole three and a half hours. Yep. And man, it's pretty goofy and not very scary. Yeah. Um, it was originally released on broadcast television. As I well. know. Um, and Unbreakable, I just, I watched Unbreakable again this year. Right. And I just had a better, a more of appreciation for it. Okay. I think it was shot so well. Um, favorite older movie I discovered for the first time. Do you have one? You know, I, I, it's not that much older, but we watched the big score uh, last January and I really enjoyed it. Right? Uh, I thought no, it was, it's not the big score. It's big short. Big short, sorry. The big yeah. score sure. is a movie where... Yeah. Is, is, I'm thinking of Tyler Edward House? Norton okay. pretends to be slow mentally. Uh-huh. He works at a bank. Is that he, the big score? I think that's the big score. Is that the perfect score? Perfect. Perfect score is with Catherine Zeta Jones's butt. Wait, perfect. Sto- no, that's entrapment. Who who, who has the butt laser? Do you know what I'm talking well, about? Yeah, that's entrapment. Okay, yeah. yeah and that's, that's Catherine Zeta Jones's butt. You were right on the butt. Oh my Wrong god, on the yeah. movie. That's like the best. That's like the best butt shot in the history of the cinema. It, you know, what? I think it is. Um, let's see. It's right up there with Orgasmo. <laughs> let's see. All right, the big score movie. Let's see. All right. Well, the big short uh, was a movie that dealt with uh, the financial crisis from 2008 and. I felt like I learned so much from it about how the housing market failed and how people got rich off of it. And, uh, you know, uh, it was a, a, a fictionalized retelling of it, uh, written by well, Adam McKay and, uh, it was super well done. It was really well done. Mine's just called the score. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's pretty close. Yeah. It's closer than yours. Yeah, it sure is. The big score. Isn't that something? I don't, it should be. If, if not, you know what? Let's the Lego movie three, the big score, trademark right. Chuck and Brad. Okay. Um, so my favorite older movie I discovered for the first time I got two, uh, Beatles Help, which I loved. Yeah. I loved it. Have you ever watched it? No, but you told me I would love it. I told you about the beginning of it. Yes. Where the guy, the ring and the sacrifice in like Africa or whatever. And then it just cuts to the Beatles playing and he has the huge ring on. Yeah. Ah, so great. Um, and then planes, trains and automobiles. Watch this, uh, Thanksgiving with Gina. Favorite stand up or live comedy. I did not watch. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Jesus Christ, I, I better start a list. Um, my favorite one of the year was Dan Soder's Son of a Gary. Interesting. Have you watched it? No. Have you heard about it at all? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, you told me about it. It's great. Awesome. Runners up, Mike Birbiglia, the new one, which we saw live. Right. Um, or saw him working out live, I should say. Uh, Neil Brennan had a new special, a new half hour. Um, Aziz had a new hour that was awesome. I just I watched it again last night because I was doing the list. And I was reminded of it, but him talking about his parents and he goes, I'm not going to even say it to you because you're going to say it, but uh, it was great. Yeah. Um, uh, the new Chappelle special is so funny. Right. It's great. The new Jezel, you didn't watch a uh, fire in the maternity ward. Yeah, they're, they're very funny. Oh, I have no doubt. They're very, yeah. Funny. The Jezelnik one is great. He's a little different. He's changed. And I even watched a lot of uh, Michelle Wolf joke show. Yeah. And uh, man, it's so funny because you talk about like a voice, having a voice. Not only does she have a voice, meaning a point of view, but she has a voice. And uh, she's talking, there's a joke that she said where she had to look up, she looked up like videos of animals giving birth. And she's like, what? It's not porn. And like the way she says it's not porn. Yeah. And then she goes, anything can be porn if you masturbate to it. it, it she follows up with that. And her delivery on those two lines yeah. is impeccable. Yeah. And so unique to her. Right. Um, so much good stand up this year. Um, excellent. Favorite actor of the year. Who do you got? Adam driver. Wow. Yeah. Kylo. Yes. Mm. That's correct. He was my favorite. He was great in, uh, 
What's that movie with Channing Tatum? That's kind of like Logan, Ocean's Eleven. Logan Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Great. My favorite actor. Let's save it for the end. Okay. Uh, my favorite actress, Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, all right. She was the lead in Us. Right. And she was just awesome. Yeah. Just, just, ex- just like, I don't know, just how expressive she was, how much she felt like she was the character. Everything was just great. She killed it. Uh, Margot Robbie. Uh, for me, for her role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She is too much for me to talk about. Okay. Biggest disappointment. For uh, me, it was Last Jedi. Uh, for me, it what? Or the other one. There you go. Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Uh, for me, it was Child's Play. My runner-up was Child's Play. Yep. And my second runner-up was Pet Cemetery. Oh, okay. Because the new Pet Cemetery. I forgot that we watched Pet Cemetery. this The new year. Pet Cemetery. you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. And I think it was fumbled, even though... The tone was great, and the uh, the alternate child killing was great. Uh, Child's Play, I think, was an easy layup, like I just said, and they totally fumbled that in a way that I'm, is unimaginable to me, to be yeah. completely honest. But then Rise of Skywalker, much like the Game of Thrones finale thing, it's just there's so much riding on it yeah. for so many things to fall apart. Like, it might be... It might... Out of the nine Star Wars movie, it might... Nine Star Wars movies, it might be like... The like eighth best of those, yeah. In terms of like what actually makes sense about the movie, right? It might even be the least sensical of all of them, right? Which is crazy, yeah. Um, it's it's almost like it feels like they abandoned. They were like, ah, let's just make a people like Star Wars for these couple boom booms and and zip zips right. and stuff like that. And they just said, let's really go more, against all pew pews. F- and for the first time, I think they put like they decided to really put logic on the back burner yeah. to just do whatever. Right. And that felt it was just such a weird way to end the series. Um, movie. The, we have another character called No Cigar, which is a movie that you thought was good. And the ending was disappointing. Right. I don't really have one, but we watched a movie called Haunt. Yes. That I thought was great as like a fun horror movie to watch around Halloween. Yep. And I just wish the ending tied in a little bit more to the movie. Right. But I thought it was good regardless. Uh, best surprise? Uh, Knives Out. Uh, I was surprised at how much I loved it. Oh, my God. Uh, and that was with you hyping it up three days before I went to see it. Like crazy. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a, as a surprise. You know, like I was definitely intrigued going in. Yeah. Uh, like just based on the trailers. Right. Um. You know, the chair of knives and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniel Craig with a southern accent. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you said it was great. And then I went into it. And I also, I like, I was prepared to dislike it. Uh, like, I, I may have said this on the podcast. Uh, because you went to see it without me. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to like this movie. Just to be spiteful toward Chuck. Yeah. And I ended up liking it uh, a whole a whole it's, lot. It's too good. Yeah. My best surprise, I think, was... Watching the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie for yeah, the episode the, of the Geeking Out we did. No, the original original? The original. Okay. And kind of seeing it through new independent filmmaker eyes and right. really appreciating what the project is. Because it's actually very good. Yeah. As as like, let's take these these characters and let's, hey, let's make this independent, re- real life live action movie with them. It's a pretty astounding feat right. that they kept so much spirit. They kind of made it dark, but also kind of fun. Kids saw it, adults like I just, yeah. I just was. When I was a kid, I was like, "These aren't as cartoony as I thought." But now I'm like, from a filmmaking perspective, it's a really, really uh, hard project to do. They did a great job. Nice. Yeah. The next, I guess, can we can we officially get rid of uh, here? Here are the categories we're getting rid of that I want to get rid of. And okay. We'll see if Brad says we have opinion changing Blu-ray. Yeah, get it out of here. 
that was from when Blu-rays would come out and have all these special features and you'd love Famously, them. And get them to the Greek was yeah, the one that changed your mind. That's right. Uh, best Blu-ray, <laughs> which was similar. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get rid of those two. Yeah. Blu-rays don't exist. Um, and then poopiest turd is so similar to biggest disappointment. Can uh, we get rid of the term poopiest turd from this list? That's the next category. All right, this will be the final poopiest turd. <laughs> What's the difference between poopiest turd and... Biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment. I went into this movie with no expectations and uh, disliked Tales of Halloween so much. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that movie. It was so poorly done. All right, then. That was, uh, Would that, you say it was you know a what? It was turd? the poopiest turn I've seen. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 I'm, I'm okay getting rid of it. No, that. I'm not okay shooting on artists. It might yeah, be okay. Yeah, I, I know. I just uh, I, I, know. I did not connect with that film I know. at all. Yeah, that was bad. Um and then uh, I, I, the next category is favorite senior discount video moment um, because, you know, we used to make the senior discount videos. Yeah. But those videos have kind of evolved over the years and now they become there's Chuck and Brad videos. There's right. the Tell Them Steve Dave videos I work on. So for me, it was the Make and Hay documentaries that I made yeah. for Tell Them Steve Dave this year. They were the most artful projects I think I've done. And the most difficult, and I'm, I was really, really happy with the outcome. Uh, I, I would say, you know, favorite uh, Chuck edited moment would have been the ending of Tell Him Steve Dave Christmas special. Of the Tell Him Steve Dave Christmas the special. The 2019 Christmas special. Yeah, I will say, yeah, I'm proud of that moment yeah, too. That was a good one. That's that's uh, that's a great one. I so, appreciate it. Uh, and we don't want to spoil anything. That's why we're not elaborating. Right. Um, but watch the Tell Him Steve Dave 2019 Christmas special if you want to see it. Um, movie of the year. Uh, you know, Avengers Endgame. Here's what I feel, feel like. Avengers Endgame is the... 22nd movie in a series yep. uh, 11 years of build up I think that no matter what It's not fair to compare it So I'm splitting it into two answers okay. One uh, Favorite overall Movie of the year I guess Avengers Endgame yep. Couldn't believe how well they tied together The series How well they balanced these characters How well they told the story How fun they made it How they made the stakes feel bigger It was just incredible I, I don't know if I've that theater experience is my top is in my top five theater experiences ever. Yeah, so many men crying, um, and also that leads into best. My favorite actor of the year was Robert Downey Jr. because he, I, I, you know, to to play that role for so long, to do so much with it, to expand it so much from the beginning, and to still be kind of tying up loose ends that were in you know, put to, put in forth in the first movie, right, and changing the character. Coming to a conclusion, having that weight on your shoulders and giving an A-plus performance, unstoppable. Uh, movie of the year, if we're just talking about an individual movie, which is different, yes. Knives Out yeah. was incredible. It's I what it's what that. film is to me. That's right. what that's what the, the, you know, what film can be is Knives Out um, in terms of mostly one location, you know, centralized cast in the same place, telling a story unfolding in an interesting way surprises writing plot acting it's a film i love knives out honorable mentions pieces of april we watched a thanksgiving movie that was really strange uh gina and i went to the craft rhode island uh film screening documentary very well produced eighth grade was a very heartful film it's on my list star is born very well acted. Music yep. was great. Big Short, I liked a lot too. Haunters, the documentary, was great about haunted houses. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was another very yep. well done movie. Yes. Um, those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Well, that's it. That's part one of the Champions and Brammies 2019, man. Yeah. And uh, in our next episode, we will, ha we will cover music, mm -hmm. podcasts, mm -hmm. 
something else, books. Yep, and personal stuff. And personal stuff. Yeah. And, and also, uh, I'll say this. Let me just say this here and now for the for the tubes. Tubies. When Brad was, when uh, Ray was here. Yes. I didn't really want to get into all the, how I look back on the year stuff. Because right. he, sometimes he just jumps down my fucking throat when he's critical of me. As I'm sure you've noticed. Yes. Well, I mean, I do that to you too. No, not in the same way. Right. He's way more cutting. Um, but we were going through our year. And at the end of it, I didn't want to talk about uh, too much about growth and what we accomplished and things we did and blah, blah, blah. And really get, get like, for lack of a better term, like mushy about it. Yeah. And talk about stuff more specifically. Because I feel like Ray would, you know, open my gullet and shit down it. So I think we're going to talk about that during the personal, Good. Uh, you know. Stuff in the uh, Chammies and Brammies next episode. All right. All right, man. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, folks out there, if you have uh, thoughts or feelings on any of the stuff we talked about today, if there are uh, movies or, uh, oh, man, if there's a, if there are a billion games that we missed, there yes. are, uh, you know, a million movies we missed. Yeah. Um, but if there's something that you're like, you really need to check this out. Yeah. Um, let us know. Send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. If you disagree with some of our rankings or sure. if, if you if you check out, you know, a movie we like or a restaurant we liked or whatever, uh, let us know. We'd, we'd love to hear about it uh, through that email. That's right. Uh, or you can check us out. You know, I gave my social media link earlier. Chuck is at Discount Chuck. Yes. Uh, but, you know, he's probably sent you a, a, a follow request on, on uh, Instagram uh, at some point. Yes. Just constantly looking for new chewies oh, yeah. out there. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys all listening. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back shortly. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. <laughs>